Today's readings are powerful. It's actually where we get the doctrine of the papacy, where we get the papacy from. And so I don't want to preach about this, but just very, very briefly here, uh, Isaiah chapter 22, which is what we heard in our first reading, is the backdrop for the doctrine of the papacy. And if you read it closely, it's the same language that then Jesus gives to, to Peter, the first pope. I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. There's a whole lot of things here uh, that would be worth saying, but um, right, it's the backdrop for the dogma, the doctrine of the papacy, that Peter is the first amongst the apostles, becoming the first pope. Up until maybe 50, 60 years ago, no one really saw the Pope. It was very rare that you would see the Pope, maybe a painting, maybe a picture. Uh, we just got back from World Youth Day, which was absolutely amazing. And one of the great gifts, right, is you get to see the Pope maybe way off in the distance um, and, and just like a, just a small glimpse of him with your naked eye. What an amazing, amazing gift that was to see that the Pope is real. You know, one of the challenges in our time there's a temptation to think, I'm a Pope Francis guy, right? I'm a Pope Benedict guy, I'm whatever. I'm a Father Brian guy, I'm a Father Vitold guy. But the heart of it, the church exists because Jesus Christ started it. And he gave us a Pope for a reason. And it doesn't matter whether it's this Pope or that Pope or this priest or, this, or that priest. We exist in the church because Jesus Christ started it. The main point for tonight is this. You and I, brothers and sisters, are called to become stones. Today we hear Jesus say to Peter, you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. Certainly this is meant for Peter to become the first pope, the first amongst the apostles, but tonight I want to invite you to hear Jesus saying those same words to you. You, I want to build into a rock, into an edifice. Tonight, I invite you to become like a stone. What are stones? What are rocks? One of the things I love to do is climb 14ers, right? And if you ever climbed a 14er or just even hiking out in the wilderness, you know there's different types of rocks, right? There's like the scree, that's really frustrating and annoying. There's talus, uh, and then there's bouldering, which is really fun because the rocks aren't going to move. They're, they're, they're giants. If you ever climbed, you know, something like the maroon bells, you know how frustrating the maroon bells can be because all of it is just really flaky and unstable rock. And then you climb something uh, like the Crestone Peaks, um, Crestone Needle and Crestone Peak, they're so firm. They're actually uh, made from lava rock, and so they're a conglomerate. It feels like you're walking on a sidewalk, uh, walking on cement just up this huge gully. Right? Rocks, we see this with different ways. But a symbol of a rock, oftentimes, as you know, when you see a big rock, no one's going to be able to move that. It's permanent, it's stable, it's not going anywhere. One of the things I love about our sanctuary up here is on the sides, the, the tan stone up here is called travertine. I spent way too much time on Wikipedia yesterday looking up travertine. Uh, travertine, it's a type of limestone. It's a very porous rock, limestone, right? Well, travertine, as a type of limestone, it comes from uh, next to hot uh, springs, specifically. And the hot springs, the minerals from the hot springs, go through the porous material of the limestone and makes it a little bit more stronger, a little bit uh, more solid. But if you ever get a chance to come up here close, you can see the pores on the travertine. 
And what's so cool about the, the, the way travertine has to be polished and shaped is, right, it takes a long time for someone to take uh, sand, uh, sandpaper and water to grind all of it down, all the pores down so it's flat and it looks beautiful. Another thing I love about our church is our altar here. Our altar, Father Brian was telling me it weighs something like 5,000 pounds or something crazy like that. They had to get a special machine just to lift it up in here. The floor had to be re-supported, re-infrastructured with a steel beam just to support this altar. Why? Because an altar, right, is meant to be immovable. It's permanent. This altar is not going anywhere. So, right, when the next pastor comes in, Father V told maybe, um, he's going to see it and he's going to say, I want a different altar. I'm going to move this, right? He can't do that. This altar will survive longer than this building will. Solid marble, 5,000 pounds. It's permanent. It's immovable. Another image of an immovable rock. Okay, I want to come back to that in a minute. But to take a look at our gospel here. Jesus goes up on top of a rock. And what's so crazy is he's in Caesarea Philippi. This part of Excuse me, this part of where uh, Peter was in Caesarea Philippi, there was a pagan temple there. And this pagan temple was built into an edifice of a rock. And you go there today, there's no more temple there, but there's a cave. And they used to offer animal sacrifices and other sacrifices inside this temple. And they would leave the bones all on the back of this cave. And so Jesus goes to Caesarea Philippi. They see this great stone temple built, hewn into the stone of the facade of of the cave there, of the wall. And Jesus takes Peter on top of it, on top of that cliff, and he says, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And you've heard this before, right? It's a play on words. You are uh, Petrus, and upon this Petra I will build my church. And the gates of the netherworld, the gates of this pagan temple, the gates of the enemy will not prevail against it. Jesus giving authority to Peter in this moment. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Making him the rock. Jesus doesn't just give Peter to be that rock of the church. We have to recognize Jesus is the foundation, the cornerstone. Matthew 21 I am the cornerstone that will be rejected by the builders. Jesus Christ is our rock. He is our foundation. We put all our hope and trust and faith in him. But that wasn't enough. Jesus gives us a church with a pope at the head so that we don't go astray. But even that's not enough. Peter now becomes an image for what God wants to do with you and me. To become living stones to become rocks that are immovable, that are unshaken by the waves of the time. Peter, as Pope, he wrote us a few letters which survive in sacred scripture. First Peter chapter 2, challenging the faithful in the church. Come to him. Come to him who is Jesus, to that living stone rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. Jesus Christ is that cornerstone. He is the foundation. He is the one, the living stone that we're called to go to. But then St. Peter says this. 
and like living stones. Go to the living stone who is Christ, but now you, and you like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house. St. Peter is saying, I am not just the rock. You are also called to be like living stones, like other Christs in this world. And here's what's cool. When we get one rock, uh, it's just a pebble. It's just a rock. It might be a boulder. But when we get multiple, multiple of, of rocks, of, of boulders together, they create a facade. They create a spiritual house. They create a temple. They create a church. All these bricks are numbered in a certain way. And they all have to come together to make this church. That's like you and I, brothers and sisters. All of us are rocks in the kingdom of heaven. And when we work together, the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. The image of a rock being immovable. We live in a time where the world tries to sway us. The world says, uh, do this. You'll be happy if you follow your, your emotions or your passions. You'll be happy if you do it this way. But if we're like Peter, if we're solid like this altar that is immovable, the ways of this world won't sway us. It won't change us. Because we're confident in the faith that the Lord has given to us. So what do I want to leave you with? We're called to become stones. The first thing I'd like to leave you with is to remember this altar. It's immovable, it's permanent, it's not going anywhere. When we live like that, when we become that rock, like living stones that God makes us into, we're not gonna be swayed by the, by the ways of this world. We're gonna be immovable in our faith. And the second thing I'd like to leave you with is the image of this travertine. It takes a long time to chisel out those pores in there, to wash it away. Jesus creates you and makes you into a living stone, but it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen instantly. It takes time for all your rough edges to be smoothed out. The places of our hearts that aren't fully the Lord's yet, the Lord has to come in and chisel away. And it's painful because we don't want to change but the Lord invites us to change. Become like living stones so that we can be built into a spiritual house.